Welcome to Heartland Christian Center Sermon of the Week. You will be able to find more Heartland sermons at hcc.ag or Heartland Christian Center YouTube channel. Please like, follow, and share this podcast with others. We hope you enjoy this week's message by our associate and student pastor, Matt Willingham. I want to welcome you here today on this beautiful December morning. So good to see all of you. I want to welcome all of our campuses, our locations, everybody watching in your living room at home. Come on, welcome North Judson, MPH, Westville, Hebron, Wanata. Come on, can you put your hands together this morning? Come on, let them know you're here. Let them know we're here with them this morning. Hey, I want you to go ahead and take out your, your Bibles, take out your worship guide. If you've got your Bibles, go to Luke chapter 2 this morning. This is where we're going, Luke chapter 2. If you don't have a Bible, maybe you've got a smartphone or a tablet, iPad or something, you can download version. It's a free Bible app. Luke chapter 2 is where we're going to be this morning as we continue our series. We've been looking at uh, this word, our, our, our word for this month is awesome. Come on, everybody say awesome. awesome. We've been looking at the awesomeness of Christmas, the Christmas story, and different uh, parts and different players in the Christmas, Christmas story. And Pastor Phil's been talking over the past couple of weeks. He talked about Mary. He talked about Joseph. Today we're going to look at some other characters in the story that, that I love. Probably my favorite characters, honestly, other than Mary and Joseph, is going to be in Luke chapter 2. We're going to start in verse 8, and I've got in my notes to verse 20, but I might stop before then, but we'll, we'll start there. Verse 8 says, Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord, and this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly then there was this great multitude of an angel of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So it was when the angels had gone away from them to heaven that the shepherds said to one another, let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass which the Lord has made known to us. We'll just stop right there and let's just pray this morning. God, I thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Lord, I thank you for your grace and your mercy. God, thank you for your son, Jesus. Lord, who you sent to this earth, God, and that's why we celebrate this season. God, it's because of him we can come today, Lord, because of the price that he paid on the cross, and we can have relationship with you today. So, God, I just pray that you'll just open our eyes, our ears, our minds, our hearts to what it is you have to say to us. God, let us leave different than how we were when we walked in. And how we were when we clicked on to join this morning. God, I pray that you would just not, Lord, they would not just hear my voice, but Holy Spirit, they would hear you speak and deposit something into their life. In Jesus' mighty name. Come on, everybody, said amen. 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 Christmas time. It's a beautiful time of the year. You got your Christmas shopping done. Come on, anybody still got Christmas shopping to do? Yeah, yeah that's all right. That's all right. Most of the men raise their hand. We're last minute people. That's okay. I want to look at this more, and I want to leave you with a few thoughts and just a few things to think about during this Christmas season. I understand, right, and 
in this time of the year, it's so easy. Sometimes our mind is pulled 8,000 different directions. You know, we're thinking about our events. We're thinking about everything we still got to do. And we're thinking about all the things, we, all the places we have to go, the people we get to see, the people we have to see. Come on, y'all got some of those people. You got both. You get to see some and some you got have to see the others, right? And, and so it's so easy that our minds can get distracted and we get so caught up. I know I've been there and often find myself, even in life right now, you know, just getting so caught up in the hustle and bustle that you miss we miss out on what this season is really all about. We miss out on the, on, the, on the awesomeness of what we've been talking about of this story. And this morning, but the title of my message is just simply, I've entitled it, Perspective is Everything. Perspective is Everything. How many of you would agree that perspective has a major part in the quality, in the fulfillment, and in the potential outcomes of the reality of our daily lives. Our perspective is a, is a huge player in that, of how we view things, of how we play things out in, in life. How, how you and I see things in life will simply often determine how I respond. My perspective and how I view a situation, my perspective and how I see a relationship that will, that will oftentimes determine how I respond. I'll give you an example this morning. Many of you, those of you who you're sitting here this morning, you woke up Sunday morning, you looked out the window, maybe it was snowing a little bit this morning, right, how it was when I first got here, I'm looking out the window and it's snowing, and, and you looked outside and you probably realized how cold it was, but you realize, oh, it's Sunday morning, and what do we do on Sunday morning, and you woke up this morning and you saw this morning as an opportunity to go to church, you know, an opportunity to be filled, you know, with the Word of God, an opportunity to, you know, maybe get some clarification or some, some marching orders of what your assignment is, right, as here uh, on, on this earth and what your part of the kingdom. Maybe you, you saw your perspective was, I'm going to go today and maybe look for that opportunity to encourage someone else who might need encouragement. And so because you're, this morning when you woke up, you had a per certain perspective on today, it caused you to get up and do exactly what you've done today. Come to church, right? Uh, there, there's others that, that saw today, they woke up and their perspective was they saw it as an opportunity to sleep in. Come on, you ever had those Sunday mornings, right? Where you're like, if I could just pull the covers up a little bit tighter and I could just lay here and uh, maybe I'll click on YouTube. I watch Heartland Online in my bed this morning, right? We, we, we have that perspective or, or maybe others, you know, use and we see, we saw today our perspective. We saw it as an opportunity to prioritize something else other than going to church. Do you see how our perspective on the day will often determine how I respond? And we could talk about many other different ways to do that. But different perspectives lead to different priorities. Perspectives for you and I, it's this lens in which we view life. It's the lens that we take the facts and the things of what's going on around us, and it's that lens that we view life, and it's our perspective that leads us to our different actions. And so for you and I as Christ's followers, for you and I, when it comes to our relationship with Jesus, for you and I, even during this Christmas season, if we're tired of just the hustle and the bustle and it goes through another one and, and we miss out on those moments again, for you and I, we have to ask ourselves, it's not how do I change my behavior, but how do I change my perspective? How do, how do I change the way that I view what's going on around me? How do I change the way I, I even uh, live in this season. And I think that's really the challenge for all of us today. It's the challenge 
for the church today. It's, it's, coming to, it's learning to come back to learn how to view life in this lens, this biblical lens, this lens of Christ-centered, how to view life in this way, to have this biblical perspective of everything that we encounter. Because there's many things in our life today distorting our perspective. There's many things that are out there that will dis, 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 distort this, this lens that you and I look through. There's these things that, that fall. There's, a, there's these lenses of fear. Fear will often distort your perspective. It's a lens of fear that oftentimes people look through. It could, it could be a lens of, of fear. It could be a, a lens of, of an obligation to culture, right? I mean, we get so caught up because everyone else around us is caught up and, and everyone else is going, and so I got to go. Everyone else's kids is doing this, so my kids have to do this. We get this lens of obligation to culture. Well, you know, I, I just got to be so involved in everything else going around, and it can distort our perspective that, that we, we care more about culture, uh, more about culture than, than we do what the Word of God says or what we then we do about what God says about our life and it's this lens of interruptions can can sometimes distort it's this lens of my my own even my own preferences can distort my perspective but perspective is powerful it shapes and it molds everything that we do it shapes and it molds everything that we uh, react and so this morning I want to take you to Luke chapter 2 and what are some perspectives, again, during this season that it's so easy to be distracted, during this season it's so easy to get caught up in the hustle and the bustle, it's so easy, yes, with good intentions and our heart says, but I want to remember, I want my kids to know, I want to really know what this season, I want to understand what the awesomeness of this Christmas season is all about. What are some perspectives we can learn from Luke chapter 2? We'll give you five of them this morning. Then we're going to come around the Lord's table in, in communion at the end here. But here's the first perspective that I see in Luke chapter 2. I want you to write it down in your notes this morning. Is that faithful outcasts are better than faithless leaders. Luke chapter 2 verse 8 it says that now there in the same country there were shepherds living out in the fields keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold an angel of the Lord stood before them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. This perspective of faithful outcasts are better than faithless leaders. I don't know about you, but when I read Luke chapter 2, have you ever thought in your own mind, why shepherds? Like, why, why, did they, why does the angel Gabriel, we know who the angel is as we study, that it's Gabriel, one of the highest ranking angels. Why does Gabriel show up to shepherds? in a field, hanging around a bunch of sheep uh, that nobody even know. We don't know the names of the shepherds. We don't know how many there were. Some theologians say there was three shepherds. Some say possibly up to 12 shepherds, so we don't know their name. We don't really know what, where they're from. We don't know their background. We don't know uh, their family history. There, there's nothing that distinguishes these men, and yet we find out the first group of people that find out the amazing news, this awesomeness that Christ, the Savior of the world, the, the one that they had prophesied and wrote about for thousands of years, they had waited on, he, he's now on this earth, and who gets the first, who gets the first response? Who gets the first DM? It's these random shepherds in a field. 
These dudes that nobody knew who they were. These dudes that had nothing to do. They were not, I mean, why didn't an angel go choose the religious leaders, the priests, like somebody of royalty? Why didn't they choose somebody of nobility? I mean, clearly there was someone that they could have, that the angel could have chosen that, that had more followers or could have had more influence. And yet, why shepherds? Because really when you study and you know anything about history in the biblical context, shepherds are, are really outcasts in Israel. They were nobody important at all. Their, their, their work actually make, made them ceremonial, ceremonially unclean. So there was often times in their life that for weeks at a time they were kept away because of their life's work. They were kept away from even going to the temple and being able to worship God. And, and yet... Here's the angel who shows up. And by visiting these shepherds, the angel reveals to us that this amazing thing about Jesus himself, this amazing thing about why he come in the first place. Jesus would even tell us in, in Luke chapter 5, he said, I, I, I'm not, I'm not, it's not the, it's not the uh, healthy that need a doctor, it's the sick. He said, I have not come for the religious, but I have come for the sinners to call them to the repentance. And really we see right off in the bat, the first announcement of Jesus showing up on the earth, it's really the gospel message alive right here in Luke chapter 2 verse 8. It's the gospel message at work that Jesus, who he came for, is the lowly, it's the despised, it's the outcast, it's the overlooked, it's the people who feel like are nobodies, it's the people that many times in the world looks over and yet Jesus looks at them, he looks at us because those are the ones that need a savior, that it's the shepherds that, that, that the angel encounters and tells them this good news and they're like us, like why not somebody else? It's this beautiful message of the gospel. That God selects these men to hear and to be the first witnesses that his son had come into the world. So right off the bat, the, the, the awesomeness of Christmas to me comes alive and my perspective changes. Because I don't know about you, have you ever felt unworthy before? Have you ever felt lonely before? Have you ever felt like an outcast? Have you ever felt like I'm not good enough? Have you ever felt like I don't know the Bible like the other person knows the Bible or I cannot pray like the other person pray? Guess what? The good news is that's who Jesus came for. He came for those, not that we can, he didn't come for the people who thinks we can put our life all together and thinks we can check the boxes and, and be all about the good works. No, Jesus Christ came for those who are lost and who know that they need a savior, that they don't have it all together. So if you don't have it all together, guess what? You're the perfect candidate for Jesus to show up in your life. Your situations might, you may come in here this morning, you say, but life is, it's just, my life is chaotic and things are just, uh, uh, seem like trash around me and circumstances just seem overwhelming. Guess what the good news is? That's who Jesus came for. We see the perspective of this story. Again, who was it? When Jesus, go read the Gospels this week as you, as you begin to encounter this Christmas time, go look at the life of Jesus. Who was it that struggled with Jesus the most? It was the religious people. It was the people that he didn't fit inside their box. It was the people that he didn't fit inside of their mold. It was the, it was the outcasts. It was the Zacchaeuses. It, it was the tax collectors. It was the prostitutes that Jesus encountered. It was, it was those that oftentimes the world looked past. We have to understand that faithful outcasts are better than faithless leaders. Here's the second perspective I see in Luke chapter 2 that I want you to encounter this week. is that fear will try to stop you from where faith is about to lead you. 
Verse 10, the angel shows up and the angel has to say something to him. Do not be afraid. I can imagine, I don't know about you, I don't like the dark very often. I live out in the country a little bit. And, uh, and we got lights everywhere, and I'm a grown man, y'all, but I go outside and hear a coyote yell, and it will freak me out just like anybody else at nighttime when there's dark and you cannot see what's going on. So I imagine myself like in the shepherds uh, as they're kind of just sitting out in this dark field. Sheep are around. Maybe they hear some coyotes. Maybe they hear some wolves. I don't know. But, you know, they're doing their job protecting the sheep, doing what they do. And all of a sudden, an angel shows up, and it freaks them out. And it freaks them out for a reason. The Bible says that they bow down in fear. And so this angel Gabriel shows up, and he, but he has this announcement. And, and, and for the first time in centuries, and we're going to talk about this a little bit more in a minute, but for the first time in, in a while, in hundreds of years, the, the glory of God has now returned to this earth. And here are these shepherds, and I'm going to be honest, they're pretty brave men, I would think, out sleeping in fields, fighting off animal from their herd. I mean, shepherds are not no little soft, like, wimpy dudes, right? They don't wear no skinny jeans, nothing crazy like that. I mean, there's some tough, like, rugged, manly hand people, right? And, and so, so here they are, and this angel shows up, and, and, and the Bible says that they find themselves afraid. They fall on the ground. I mean, I mean, if these big, buff, you know, brave dudes are afraid, like, it tells me something. And when you study history, oftentimes that was people's natural response in the Old Testament when an angel would show up. An angel of the Lord would show up. Oftentimes people would tremble and they would fall in fear for several reasons. But for one reason is oftentimes when an angel showed up, it usually wasn't good news. It was, they would show up and be like, uh, listen, I'm just going to let you know you're going to die soon. Just letting you know uh, it's about to end for you. Uh, matter of fact, God's pretty angry at you. And don't be mad at me, I'm just a messenger, but you're probably going to be dead uh, pretty soon. Or, hey, your whole kingdom's going to uh, be wiped out. All your kids are going to die too. I'm just, I'm just, like, it was never good news when an angel showed up. And so the shepherds understood that. They read, they understood history. They, they read what, was, what, what would happen in the Old Testament. So an angel shows up. Naturally, they're like, oh, snap. I'm sure they start looking at each other like, who did it? Like, you done made God mad. It wasn't me. I've done everything right. It must be you. And I can see them pushing blame on each other. And they fall down in fear. And yet the angel says, no, no, no. Look at what the angel says. Do not be afraid. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. It's this fear that grips them because automatically they think something as bad is about to happen. Oftentimes the angel would show up as a judge to God or, and, and, and pronounce God's judgment. But this angel was different. This news was different. And I often look at my own life and I think that I can find myself in the same boat is because the enemy will use fear in my life to get me, to paralyze me and, and get me oftentimes to turn my back away from God and to turn away from the things of God because I feel like I'm not good enough. I feel like I've done something wrong not to deserve God's love or I've done something wrong to displease God. And oftentimes maybe there is things in my life that need to change, but, but the enemy is so good and this is a tactic of his and, and he uses it in our life is he uses fear to, to simply cause us to run from God. You read in Genesis, Adam and Eve did the very same thing. They sinned. God comes looking for them. He says, where are you? And what is their response? We ran and we hid. Why? Because we were afraid. 
And oftentimes in our own life, hear me this morning, we can find ourselves in the hustle and then the bustle of life in Christmas time and, and, we, and we find ourselves missing out on those moments that God has for us and we're missing out on the awesomeness of Christmas and yet because then of this shame and this guilt and this fear, we actually run away from the very one we should be running to. We run away from the love. We run away from the grace. And we run away from the peace. That's what the shepherds thought they were doing. They said, oh, snapping angels here. This is probably going to be bad. I mean, I'm sure the judgment of God is coming. Somebody done messed up. I'm sure his wrath is coming. But watch, what I love about this story, what I love about the perspective that changes in their life, it's not fear that the angel comes to announce. The angel says, watch, do not be afraid. For behold, what did he say? I bring you good tidings of great joy. I'm not here to deliver bad news is what the angel is saying. I'm delivered. The word that, that, that they actually use, that the, that the writer Luke uses, he uses it more in Luke um, and, and in Acts. It's the word that actually means good news. It's the word that means the gospel. This is the, the, the gospel in flesh. The angel says, I have not come to bring judgment. I have not come to bring harsh words. I have not come to bring the wrath of God. But I've got good news. I, I, I want to tell you about the gospel. I want to tell you about Jesus. I want to tell you about the grace and the mercy. And listen, I don't about you. Thank God that we are not in the judgment yet. Oh, I know it's coming one day, but on this side, thank God for his grace and his mercy. And during this time, that's what I want to encounter. During this season, I want to encounter the grace and the mercy and the love of God that he has for me. That's the good news. But oftentimes, it's fear in my life that will try to stop me from where faith is trying to lead me. Because of my shame, because of my past, because of my fear, I will find myself running from the very one I should be running to. Angels, I'll bring you good tidings of great joy, and look, which will be to all people, every person. It's this, it's this faith that then begins to encourage the shepherd. Something happens different inside of them. They're like, oh, snap, this is not just judgment. This is not bad news and then but we see the announcement continues and here's a perspective I want to give you this morning the third thing is that the fulfillment of God's promises may look different than what we pictured the angel shows up gives the announcement shepherds are afraid and the angel says in verse 12 and this will be the sign to you I come to bring you good news salvation is here the Savior of the world has come, and this is going to be your sign. The shepherd's like, oh, snap, where's he at? He's probably sitting on the throne somewhere right now. We're about to go get him, get our worship on. Oh, I bet he's a ruler, and nobody's told us about him yet, and so we got to go see him. I bet he's got a bunch of cattle. Look, you will find a baby, a babe, wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Hold up, angel. You just told me the good news. You told me the Savior of the world. I know what... We've read about it. I've heard what has been written for thousands of years, what has been prophesied. These shepherds are understanding the context. And so now the Savior of the world has come. And you just told me, it's a baby? That I need to go worship a baby in a, in a manger, in a stable. That, that's what I need to do. The angels show up and this party begins to happen. And, and yet it looks a little bit different than what they thought it should have probably looked like. I don't know about you, how many of you, you like wrapping Christmas presents? Like you enjoy that part of Christmas. I know, we're the weird ones, I know, I know. 
I enjoy it. I'm way behind on my Christmas rap. My closet is just stuff everywhere because I got to rap stuff. The boys keep asking me, Dad, when you rap? I said, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. I promise. I love the rapping part. I particularly love sometimes rapping things in a way that it looks different than what they thought it would look. I remember, you know, in my and I got that really from my parents. I don't know if you've ever done this before. But I remember growing up, there was, you know, you know, you ask for gifts. There's things that you're really excited about. And I remember one particular year as a teenager, this particular Christmas, we lived in Kentucky. And I asked for a starter zip-up Kentucky jacket. Now, if you're a little bit older, y'all know what the starter jackets are all about with the big uh, star right on the zipper tag. If y'all don't know what's about, y'all, if you had a starter jacket, like you was it, like you was made, right? And, uh, and so I wanted a University of Kentucky starter zip-up jacket, and uh, it was blue, had the big logo on the back, the big cat coming out with the claw, the big UK sign. I mean, that's all I, that was my biggest, that was the gift I wanted for Christmas, and, and you know, we got around Christmas time, and, and, and you know, you start seeing the presents, and come on, we all do it, even as adults, you're looking at it, you're like, I wonder what that is, and, and you shake it, and you shouldn't shake it, but you shake it, and you're trying to figure it out, and I, and I saw all of these gifts, and, and I saw, that might be the jacket, okay, that could be the jacket, and I remember Christmas morning, like, like we were opening the presents, and I thought, like, one present was a jacket. Open it up, and it wasn't a jacket. It was a hoodie. It was cool. And I'm like, all right, yeah, cool. That's not to start a jacket. And I went to something else. I went to something else. And then there was this gift. It was this really long, like, tube. It was the inner tube of, like, the Christmas wrapping paper. That's how long it was. And I never could figure out. I'm like, what in the world is, could that be? Is, is it a BB gun? Is it, I don't know what it is. Uh, is it, is it a, like a tube of bubble gum? I don't know what it is. It's just a really long tube. I had opened up all of my presents and to my despair, no starter University of Kentucky jacket was in any of the boxes. And I get to the last gift and I'm thinking this is probably a tube of bubble gum. Great. I love bubble gum. Uh, and, and so I open up the tube and, and my mom had, had taken the jacket and had shoved it like in some weird, I don't even know how she did this, but had shoved the whole jacket inside of this long skinny tube. So as I unwrapped the tube, then I realized as I began to pull it out, it was the starter jacket that changed my life forever, that made me the coolest kid I was in school, right? Made all the girls want my phone number. It was a University of Kentucky starter jacket that I had asked for, but it had been packed in this really long tube that I had never expected. And I wonder for you and I, hear me this morning, the fulfillment of God's promises may look different than what we picture. I wonder for you and I in our own life, hear me out this morning, that oftentimes if I judge God's purposes by the package, I wonder how oftentimes I miss out on the real purpose he has for me. Because it's packaged different. Because it's put in a way I would have never expected it to be. Uh, I'll tell you like this, like there's been moments in my life that my greatest experience of peace came from, from one of the biggest storms I'd ever went through. I would have never asked for peace that way, but it was packaged in such a way that I never saw it coming, and yet I experienced it in a way far beyond my imagination. We can say the same thing in our own life that some, sometimes it might be the greatest experience of forgiveness. It might be the greatest experience of joy. It comes, it comes in a way that might be the darkest times or comes in a way that might be towards that person that we thought we would never be able to forgive or, or that forgiveness in our own self that we never thought it would look like. What am I trying to tell you this morning is never look past the package because you might miss out the purpose that God has for you. 
because look, if, if you study, again, here's the Savior of the world. Oh, don't miss this this morning. Here's the promise. It had been wrote about y'all. It had been prophesied for thousands of years. The promise of God, the Savior of the world, the glory of God among us. You go back to Exodus chapter 40, the Bible tells us that God's glory dwelt in the tabernacle. It was packaged in the tabernacle. Makes sense, y'all. Why wouldn't God's glory be in the tabernacle? Right? You, you go on from Exodus chapter 40, you go to 2 Chronicles chapter 7, it said that God's glory rested in the temple. Of course, God's glory is in the temple. Why wouldn't the glory of God not be in the temple? You go to church, you're in the temple, of course his glory is there. But then you go on in, in, in Scripture in 1 Samuel chapter 4 and Ezekiel chapter 8, chapter 9, chapter 10, chapter 18. The Bible says this, so watch this, that God's glory, now God's, God's glory had departed because of the nation's sin, because of Israel's sin, that his glory was gone. Was it in the temple? Was it in the tabernacle? It was gone. And now watch, but this is what happens. John 1.14, it says the word became flesh. Look at what John 1.14 says. And made his dwelling among us. Now watch, 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 watch. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father full of grace and truth. You see what it said? We have seen his glory, the glory that was once in the tabernacle, the glory that was once in the temple. The Bible says that we have seen his glory. Now God's glory was returning to this earth, but it was in the person of his son, Jesus. The what? The glory that used to sit in the tabernacle? The glory that used to be in the temple, that you had to be a priest and wear the little bells, go study the Old Testament on the bottom of, of your robe because you was the only one that could go in there into the Holy of Holies where the glory was. And if you wasn't right, the Bible says you would drop dead and they would have to drag you. They had a rope on your, on your ankle and they would have to drag you out of that place. The, that glory that was in the temple, that was in the tabernacle, that, that little manger, the little, the little place with straw with animals, that little place, that little manger had become the holies of holies because Jesus was there. The glory was, was resting in this little bitty stable, this little bitty baby. What, what am I trying to say to you this morning? What, I want to change your perspective this morning. If you and I want to encounter and understand the awesomeness of the Christmas story and the awesomeness of this Christmas season and the awesomeness of who Jesus is and who God is and what he come to do, what I'm trying to say to you is this. It's just because it looks different doesn't mean God isn't in it. Here is the creator of the world, now a creature. Here is the word, John 1 and 1, in the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. And the word became flesh. Here was the spoken word, now in a speechless baby. Just because it looks different. The fulfillment of God's promises oftentimes might look different in my life. And I wonder for you and I, I wonder how oftentimes we look past things. We look over things. We miss moments, we miss opportunities, we miss, we miss experiences with God because it's packaged a little bit different. It wasn't what we expected. Let, let me give you a fourth perspective, I gotta hurry. Here, here, here's the fourth, fourth perspective I, I, I wanna give you and let you think about this, is that peace comes through the acceptance of God's grace. You're looking for peace this morning? You're going through a storm? You're going through something that is unfavorable. You, you have circumstances that are weighing you down. How, how do you experience real peace 
If it says in verse 13, and suddenly, this is the party. Imagine it. There was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. Again, the angel shows that I'm not, I'm not here for judgment. I'm not here to display the wrath. I'm here to announce the peace of God. I'm here to announce the mercy. I'm here to announce the Savior of the world. One, one writer, one uh, theologian says that for a moment, these shepherds, they that the heavens were opened up and they got to view what it was probably like around the throne of God, that it wasn't just like, it was just anything beyond our imagination. This host of angels just kind of shows up and they start throwing this party. I think it's probably one of the greatest themes of the Christmas story is these two words, fear not. It's this word peace that really Jesus exemplifies it's the greatest theme of the Christmas story. Oftentimes, Jesus himself, if you begin to read his ministry and as you begin to read what, what he did on this earth, as he would heal people, as he would do miracles, as he would forgive their sins, he would tell them, go, you know, sin no more. Go, you're, you, you have been healed. And oftentimes, he would then say this, go in peace. Again, it's this word that this angel uses that means to you and I to preach the good news. And we see the emphasis on this gospel message, this gospel of peace, this good news for everyone. And, and, and it's this Jewish word, right? You've probably heard it before. It's a Jewish word that, that we get this word peace. It's this Jewish word, shalom. And we, we, we think of the word peace when we hear shalom. But, but shalom is, is a much deeper peace than what we can imagine. It means much more than just a truce in the battles of life. Listen, do I need peace because life can be unfavorable 1,000%? Can sometimes circumstances seem to weigh me down and, and I need peace? Oh, absolutely. But this shalom, this peace is so much more deeper than that. When you begin to study out what shalom means, it's this peace of well-being. It's a peace of health. It's a peace of prosperity, of, of security, of soundness and completeness. It has, it's this peace, hear me this morning, that has a lot more to do with character than it ever does circumstances. Because see, you and I, we can get caught up in life and we can oftentimes say, oh, I have a lot of peace in my life when circumstances seem okay. When there's not friction in relationships, when there's when my kids are, are acting good, when there's money in my bank account, when the bills are paid on time, when I'm witnessing to my friends and they're coming to church, I mean, man, I've got so much peace. No, that's really false security. That's false peace. That's just simply peace because circumstances are okay. This peace that comes through the acceptance of God's grace is a peace that you and I can have in spite of circumstances. It's a peace that you and I can have in spite of the storm. Listen, newsflash, life was difficult, just as difficult during their time as it is today. You study history, taxes were high, unemployment was high, morales were slipping lower and lower, the military state was in control. It had been hundreds of years before they even heard the voice of God or a prophet had spoke or an angel showed up. I mean, you want to talk about a very dark time in history. This was that time. 
And yet here, here is Jesus who shows up. Here's this angel who, who gives this announcement. He is announcing this peace, this hope that they had been reading about, they had been waiting on, they had been believing for. And he announces that here now is this, this idea, this thought of peace that, that they're going to have in spite of situations and circumstances, in spite of what's going on around them, that he's, he was going to be a God, and he is a God who is greater than circumstances. He was going to be a God, and he is a God who is greater than things that are going on around us. It's this peace that you and I can, you and I can have that, that, that the writer says in the, in the New Testament that, that surpasses all understanding. That even though I'm facing trials, even though I'm facing, oh, can I get fake peace? Oh, I sure know how to do that. I can go buy something to make me have some peace for a little bit. I, I, I can, I'm a foodie, y'all. I love me some good food. I can go get me a good enough meal, and for about two hours, ooh, I got me some good peace. I, I feel great. My stomach is full. I, oh, I know how to, I, I can have peace for a moment. I, I, can, I, can, I can, you know, have a, a conversation with the right person because I know they know what to say just to make me feel good, and I can have peace for a moment, but the moment all of those things leave me and the moment all of those things change, if it's not centered upon Christ, I have the same frustration. I have the same fear. I have the same trial. I have the same discouragement. Come on, you ever been there? And you and I, we can find ourselves, we know how to uh, manipulate things around us to give us this false hope and this false peace. We can do what we can to find joy and peace and pleasures in life, but there is no peace like the peace of God. There is no peace like understanding who Jesus is and what he come to do in my life and what he come to free me of and the forgiveness and the joy and the reconciliation and the storms that even though I go through the storm, he walks with me and those moments of despair that even though I don't know what to do that he walks right with me and he knows right what I'm going through it's this peace that you and I can have in our life he makes this announcement this angel does it's this peace that only comes from the acceptance of God's grace and listen, this morning, if you're watching online, you're at a location this morning, you maybe you're here and, and you might have been coming for a long time or maybe this is your first time. Listen, until you truly know who God is, you don't know what real peace is. Until you truly know what God come to do in your life and what Jesus come to do for you, you have no idea what real peace is all about. He says, and suddenly, glory in verse 14, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. How do I have peace this morning? How do, I, how do I change my perspective to have real peace? It comes from the acceptance of God's grace. It comes from the acceptance of who Jesus is and, and what he come to do. Here's the fifth thing I, I want to share with you this morning. How do I, what's another perspective that you and I can have if we want to really understand the awesomeness of this Christmas season? We look at the shepherd's life and we can understand. You, you can take God's interruptions as either inconveniences or opportunities. You can take God's interruption as inconveniences or opportunities. The moments that God sets up for you and I, what, Pastor Lindsay, the moments that he has, verse 15, I love the shepherd's response. The Bible says, so it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, but the shepherds said to one another, well, what do we do now, boys? That's not what they said. The shepherds said to one another, hey, let's talk about what we just experienced. Let's have a little debate. 
Write it down in notes. Think about it. Let's sleep on it. We'll talk about it in the morning. That's not what they said. The Bible says they said to one another, let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass. I mean, did they have stuff to do? Absolutely. They're shepherds. I don't know. I don't know. People often ask me, I mean, they were watching over their sheep. What happened to the sheep? I don't know what happened to the sheep. Bible don't tell us. Did I take them with them? Did they leave them? I'm sure if they took them, I've never been a sheep herder, right? I don't know. I don't mess with sheep or lambs. Aaron, you could probably tell me it's not very fun, right? I don't think, I don't think you can herd sheep very easily. So, so even if they did get up at once and had to get all of their sheep together and head on out to Bethlehem, I'm sure that was a task at hand. But I do know one thing. It wasn't an inconvenience to them. They saw an opportunity. We got to get there. We got to go worship. We got to get to what this angel just told us about. And I wonder for them, hear me this morning. I wonder for them how quickly they responded. How quickly they went. How quickly they told the story. The Bible tells us later on in verse 18, 19, and 20 that they return. And they're, they're, everybody's hearing about the story. And everybody is now, the, the, the news is spreading. How quickly they were able to respond to the message that they heard. How quickly they were able to share to the world. How quickly they were able to go and worship God. How urgent it was for them. How much more urgent should it be for us now? How much more urgent should it be to share the good news of Jesus with our family? How much more urgent should it be to share the good news of Christ to our coworkers, to our kids, to our teammates? This awesomeness that we get to experience, that we have experienced. How, how much more is it that when God opens that door, oh, I'm busy. I got, I got to get to got to get to work. I don't have time to have this conversation in, in the in the checkout line right now. God, not today. Just don't interrupt. It's, it's, it's such an inconvenient. No, it's an opportunity. How, how quickly that God opens up doors for us to have conversations with those people around us that it, that we see them not as an inconvenience, but as an opportunity. Because again, for them, think of the excitement. This is the hope. They'd wait a while. This is, this is the Savior for thousands of years had been prophesied. The message, the hope they had been waiting on, the Savior they had been waiting on, the peace they had been waiting on, the comforter they had been waiting on. Emmanuel, God is with us. They had been waiting on him forever. And now they get to experience. Now they get to share this good news. And listen, you and I, it's the same good news that you and I have. He's the same hope. He's the same salvation. He's the same peace. He's the same comfort. He's the same one that brings us to joy. It's this hope that we have, not just this wishful thinking. Christmas is not just about this magical story made up and it's this beautiful thing. No, it's our hope that is rest upon Jesus Christ, our hope who has a foundation in a person, the Son of God, who came to this earth. That is the hope of our salvation. He is the hope of our peace. He is the hope of our comfort. He is the hope that one day he's coming back again and he's going to take us all with him, that one day he's coming and all of the wrongs will be made right. One day he's coming again. That is the blessed hope that we've been hanging on to for thousands of years. But guess what? It's not just a fake fictional story. It's something that's going to happen. But while we wait, I hang on to that hope. While we wait, I want to share. While we wait, I want to tell someone else that he is coming, that one day there will be no sickness. There will be no death. There will be no more sin. That is the hope of our message this morning.
It's the hope of Jesus Christ. And if the message was that more exciting to share that day, how much more should it be exciting for us to share? Because if I change my perspective, not I hope it gets better because of our government, not our hope it gets better because of uh, our culture, not I hope it gets better because I'm going to do everything. No, my hope rests upon Jesus Christ. That's the message. And I wonder how many times I miss those opportunities. I wonder how many times I miss those moments that God has laid out for me because my perspective is off. Because it's just an inconvenience. I don't have time. I'm in a hurry. It's not that important to me. I wonder what would happen for you and I this Christmas season. Again, if we really wanted to catch the awesomeness of Christmas, catch the awesomeness of who Jesus is, if, he, if we would allow the Holy Spirit to change our perspective. Thank you for listening to Heartland Christian Center Sermon of the Week. If you would like to partner with us and give, please go to hcc.ag and click to give tab. Please like, follow, and share this podcast with others. Also, if you have a prayer request or want to contact Heartland, please email us at pastorphil at hcc3d.com. Have a blessed week.